Embrace the day with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. It's lovely to have your company here on Newcastle Live. It's quarter to 11. Hope you're having a lovely day outside. It is certainly beautiful weather. You may recall several months ago, I chatted with uh, Lifeline about some of the incredible donations that were provided by residents here in Newcastle and the Hunter to the people in uh, in the northern regions, Lismore, which was hev- heavily affected by those floods, as we know. But sadly, a Lifeline manager has resigned in disgust over donated items intended for flood victims were sold in their stores. Lifeline's chief executive said that the decision was made in order to help fund its services and an independent inquiry has found that Lifeline and its staff did not act illegally in any way. But does it pass the pub test? We're going to put that question now to Lifeline's chief executive. Good morning and thanks for your time, Robert Sams. It's great to have you. Good morning. Nice to chat with you, Tracy. Thanks for calling now, obviously, um, we chatted when, uh, when you know, the, all of the items were going up to Lismore. You, uh, you had a truck donated to you. You had all of these incredible amounts of donations coming out of Newcastle and the Hunter. How do you feel now that, uh, you know, obviously this worker has brought this to the attention of, uh, of the public that items that were donated have been sold? What's your response to that, uh, that criticism? Yeah, look, first of all, I met with uh, with Ethan and, you know, I understand his disappointment and I understand some disappointment from other people. Um, just to give context, this was uh, in the first four weeks of setting up the the uh, distribution centre in the region, which we did, you know, within five days of the flood, the council asked us to set up a distribution centre. We had it up and running in 10 days and to be frank, you know, we were, we were sort of building the bridge while we were walking on it. We were... Mm. Um, yeah, it was a massive um, undertaking that we hadn't done before. So in that period when we were um, establishing the distribution centre, we'd lost all of our shops. We'd lost our call centre and warehouse, etc. cetera. So um, there were six plastic tubs of clothing taken to Byron shop and to the Ballina shop, and there were eight plastic uh, tubs taken to Blues Fest. Um, and managers did that so we can keep those services going. So we got the distribution centre up and running within 10 days um, you know, our staff supported it, many volunteers, um, and there were oh, countless thousands of tonnes of clothing. So no one missed out, and it was for a very short period of time. And, and understandably, some people are upset about that. Um, but I just hope that people understand it was about running that service. It was about making sure our 24-7 crisis support line was able to continue running as well. So why did uh, did the employee, Ethan, uh, why did Ethan take such a strong stance to this? If it was about keeping the services up and running and obviously about keeping him in a job, why was he strong in the stance that uh, that this was not the right thing to do? Yeah, I mean, it's probably a question best put to Ethan, but, you know, I, I share with you what, what's been shared publicly. You know, he felt uncomfortable about that. He raised that with me. By the time he'd raised it with me, we weren't, that, that uh, practice wasn't happening anymore. It was only through, through the first four weeks um, you know, we lost our warehouse. We had no way of getting clothing to those other um, shops. We, you know, we called our friends at Lifeline in Queensland. They soon sorted that out, and they're still continuing to provide us with stock today. So, you know, it was it was only in those first few weeks uh, for people that are upset and disappointed. Then, you know, I can say I completely understand that. Um, but you know, also understand that we were you know, running a, a distribution centre like we'd never done before, while tr- still keeping our twenty four seven service going. In hindsight, Rob, was it the right decision? Uh, look, I think the right decision, uh, it was a difficult circumstance. I think to answer that question, everyone was working under extreme pressure. I mean, 
you know, not only was there the flood in early March, there was another one a month later, and, you know, we were all doing our best. And, you know, I don't criticise the guys for doing their best to run the service. It wasn't, you know, no one personally benefited from uh, that. You know, this wasn't so people were getting bonuses and sales. This was so we could keep those services running. So, you know, with hindsight, I mean, I guess what I will say is with reflection, we've learnt, and if we had to do that again, of course, you know, we would have different practices put in place because we've learned a lot through the process. Yeah, and look, as uh, as you've said quite openly, you know, you uh, you also had twelve staff who lost their homes during the floods, and and they are people who also needed to to, to make advantage, you know, to take take advantage of the services that were on offer. How is it all going up there now? Is it is it starting to recover? Have you got your warehouse back? In it? Have you got anything operational up there yet? No, well, yes, we have. So to answer your question, no, the warehouse is still out of action and, and will likely be out of action for a couple of more months. None of the shops are open up there yet. Uh, one of the shops may not open. It's, it's, you know, there's still engineering work, like many others, uh, buildings in the region, and our call centre has currently been run out of two loaned caravans out the back of our office. So, you know, it's it's still hurting, and um, yeah, for many in that community, and I, and I don't live there, I live here in Newcastle, mm. and... Yeah, you know, my heart is to that whole community. Three thousand or plus people have lost their homes and everything. So, you know, we are a, an organisation that works in community. And you know, in those very first uh, days of the floods, when you know, running a busy crisis support organisation that runs twenty four seven anyway, you know, we had three priorities. It was our our people. What can we do to support them? And you're right. You know, at least twelve lost everything. Uh, it was to continue the service because out of Lismore, about 1,300 to 1,500 calls every month to the National mm-hmm. Service are answered out of that centre. So that was a huge um, priority for us. And calls from Lismore in that region doubled during that period. So, you know, it was a priority to get that going. And thirdly, you know, to do what we could in community. And, um, you know, you ask about hindsight, I think, uh, you know, you take lots of learning out of this. But mm-hmm. what I'm proud, I mean, our team have worked tirelessly. And that's, you know, I want to really say thank you to everybody who did what they did up there. Many people were working seven days a week, putting in, um, you know, 50,000 people or so visited the site. So, you know, there's lots of really good stuff that happened out of that. And, uh, you know, it's a community that's hurting, that's for sure. Now, you know, um, hats off to you. You, you certainly took um, you took the, the criticism and the complaint seriously. You brought in a, a third independent party to uh, yep. to go through the, the process. What were their, their findings at the end of the day, Rob? Yeah, so they confirmed, I mean, and, and Ethan had met with me and said that, you know, items were being taken off site and that was confirmed. And, you know, absolutely uh, own that. Uh, you know, my job, I think, is to um, explain explain that to the community um hopefully you know through you know, talking with you this morning and other opportunities absolutely we uh, we've done that um you know there were no illegal nothing we did was illegal you know, and people have said yes it might not have been illegal but maybe it wasn't ethical you know i, I want people to know that everything that was done you know those tubs were taken of clothing to the shops for sale to keep our services going mm. the suicide prevention and mental health services in the Lismore region and look, you know, as I said at the outset, you know, it, it makes sense. Does it pass the pub test? Mm, who knows? You know, as as many many you know hundreds of Novocastrians who donated so much. Yeah, you know, not only were we donating to to those people, as you say, we were also donating to to continue your support up there. And uh, and if that's what was required during those first uh, couple of weeks, then you know what? Some of us have just got to deal with the fact that that's where they went, so that they could continue to uh, to offer the services up there. So it's a really tough one. I don't envy you at all. Um, but uh, thank you so much for being so open and uh, and coming on to talk to me this morning. 
always, and thanks for, for reaching out. My uh, pleasure. Happy to chat. Thanks, thanks, Robert. I appreciate that. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Robert Sams, who is the uh, the boss here for Lifeline. Uh, he's also the boss for Northern New South Wales, which obviously encompasses the Lismore area. And uh, I do thank him for coming on and addressing those uh, those concerns because it. Uh, on first look, it really doesn't pass the pub test, and uh, and I appreciate Rob's uh, openness and willingness to uh, to come on and address those concerns. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.